0: Welcome to the GameDev.tv Community Podcast. I'm your host, KB, and I would like to introduce you to industry professionals and people who successfully made their path to the video game industry. I hope that you enjoy the podcast and get useful tips that will bring you closer to achieving your dreams. Now, let's get right into the podcast. We got Caleb today. Can you let them know a little bit about who you are and we'll go from there?
1: yeah so i'm a relatively new youtuber that covers a lot of things in the gaming industry whether it be uh, scams uh upcoming impressive games or just new technology and th- th- that's really all i do mm-hmm. <laughs> we're working on our own game uh an indie mmo called nightmare world awesome. and yeah that- that's me
0: hey, and i love your setup too Got the rocket, got the Mandalorian, <laughs> Halo. What is it? It's, it's your a game? great
1: little backdrop, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's pre- that's a, an orchid mantis. I said I wanted one as a pet, and uh, my stream said, "No, don't do that. That's an awful <laughs> idea. We'll get you a plushie." So hey,
0: the, it works. We'll have to works. Care it works.
1: Yeah, it's not going to die. It's, can't kill it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, well, I,
1: <laughs> so
0: let's dive into exactly like what you do. So you find scams and stuff. You make that game on
1: the side. How did all that get started? Okay, so this is a really interesting story. I was uh, yeah. scrolling through Facebook one day and I saw an advertisement for a game called Dream World, and I'm sure I saw, you've yep, heard about this, thumbnails yeah.
0: about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it was like it was one of the most intriguing adverts I'd seen and for all the wrong reasons. It was absolutely everything in there was a mishmash of unreal engine assets. Um mm. you could you could tell there was no original programming of, of any sort and it was just janked together in in such a way that you it, it was hard to look away and the more we looked into it the, the more sketchy it was you know this this game that wasn't even functioning had raised three million from uh three Boy million Combi- dollars uh, i believe it was between 2.2 and three million from y combinator what? and as you know they're a very very prestigious um, like uh startup incubator mm-hmm. so uh, it was, it, was a, it was an absolute rabbit hole. Every everywhere you looked, there was something more to it, and you, you just thought, no, that can't, surely that's not right. Yeah,
0: there's no way it can't. How can someone let something like that, like an asset flip, become so big, make so much money? Yeah, it, like, where does it even start from? Like, how did they do that? How did they sell that scale?
1: So as far as we know, that they they had a family member that was working higher up in Y Combinator, and they kind of you know rushed them past the, the finish line without any sort of demo as far as we can tell Mm. uh but this is going to be something we'll never get to the bottom of but that's the best guess we can have because other people from y combinator were just as annoyed yeah it just doesn't make any sense to me no it's it's, there's no logic in any of it
0: because even going on the website and looking at the first video that comes up i'm like oh that's the unreal run animation (laughs) yeah (laughs) right there so it's like I mean, yeah, I and there was making... there was others,
1: weren't there? Like uh, there was one scene in that trailer where they'd got, I think it was called the acrobatics animation pack, and they're just lined up loads of um, Unreal Engine mannequins just doing these animations on loop, and it was it was so bizarre.
0: Doesn't make any sense. I mean, like I get doing this for fun, like learning for fun, yeah. Action project this money. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like you should have put then that money to get better assets, better animations. Exactly everything,
1: I... and then on top of that, after raising two point two million absolute minimum from Y Combinator, they then went to Kickstarter to try and raise eight thousand. Really, despite there being absolute proof that they did raise this two million. So, <laughs> but <laughs> then they said, "Oh, so we're trying to build you... a community," and I'm like, "It was just red flags everywhere." <laughs> and the more we've looked into it recently, and I, I've actually finally had a chance to speak to the guys. Oh, you and did. Just, oh, we all yeah, yeah. that. They are just utterly clueless. That's what it turns out to be. Like they, they mean well, but they they threw themselves in at the deep end. As one of them was a programmer, they thought we can just do this. It's fine, we'll do it. Yeah. But they didn't realise what it really entails, uh, and it's just gone south.
0: And so, when you say it got south, like what exactly is happening? Because like, did they promise a bunch of things and it just never got delivered?
1: Yeah. So it it was going to be the the last game you'll ever play. That was the tagline. Uh, mm-hmm it's going to be you can play any genre it's every genre it's every it's art. every style. genre yeah this is this is their words not mine it is it is every genre every art style <laughs> and there's no coherence whatsoever every asset pack you, you name it
0: that's insane so we have a joke on here we say don't make wow they literally decided to make wow but like in every genre in every art style and everything yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's actually the reason i wanted to have you here like I realized that the reason people finance those projects and the reason people try to make it well, basically the same. People have no
1: idea how much goes into... Yeah. No, they don't. ...even make uh, a it's, reasonably good game. Yeah, it's, and I think a lot of it at the moment, especially in the MMO uh, genre, is desperation. We're, we're all desperate for a, you know, a good new MMO. Yeah. And they're all failing at the, the final hurdle, which is, I, th- I think, what's drawing people in. More than anything,
0: uh, I just I have it like up on the plane, the video thing. It's just so silly seeing yeah. everything going on, but yeah. And so then I also wanted to understand: How did you get into game development? Was that something you always wanted to do? Was it something recently? So, what's like your story coming into? Games? Okay,
1: so the story with game development is actually kind of a strange one. I um, my mom's boyfriend from years and years ago. Uh, we, we used to play Halo together, and mm-hmm. he he modded it. Uh, he was showing me how to mod Halo, and that he was really big nerd into his IT. And this was my first kind of exposure to modding, and the fact that wait, hang on, someone actually has to make these games. You know, you just take them for granted, and then, mm-hmm. then there's a point where you realise, okay, no effort goes into this. Yeah. And then I, I think it was Legendary about abuse. <laughs> no, exactly. It was about three years later. I I picked up Unreal Engine and really started messing around with it. And I, I picked it up, put it down a few times. And then when it came around to uh, Unreal Engine 4 and there was, you know, and this was a game changer, mm. I, I jumped in before it was even free. And I oh, would really? spend, yeah, I would spend like 12 hours a day easily just mm-hmm. following tutorials, learning the, the engine in and out. And it just snowballed from there, really.
0: So I got, when you got, first... I got addicted, <laughs> that's awesome, though, because that's how you really yeah. learn when you're addicted to something. Oh, yeah. So, but like you said, it
1: wasn't free. How much did it cost back then? Uh, back then, I, I believe it's fifteen pounds or twenty dollars oh, okay. a month. It wasn't month? bad. It was still yeah, bad. it was still cheaper than Unity. Mm-hmm. Oh, you So that, to- that's why I went oh, for it. Yeah. Back then, Unity was expensive. Yeah, because you had to buy the year package back then. Oh yeah, they that's pretty
0: expensive. And it doesn't really add that much, especially nowadays when you get the like, year package. Unless you're making money, yeah. like, you really shouldn't. No, it's that. not worth it. Not at all. And so then you started out when you first. Like was coming out. Does there any tutorials? Like, how did you learn all this stuff from Unreal? You we were just uh, hammering it in and just trying
1: things out. It, it was a lot of trial and error, uh, a lot of taking inspiration from guides for like C tutorials because the the same you know applied to, to Unreal Engine. You just had to work your way through the interface with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't really get too far until, like I say, I picked it back up with with blueprints, and that's when my mind just ran wild with it because. Mm. The the visual programming style fit with me so much better. Um, I don't know why. A lot of people seem to have a hatred for a lot of visual scripting, and I can kind of get why. But uh, at at least with the Unreal Blueprint system, that's something that's, you know, everything's fully exposed to Blueprint nodes, so you could truly do anything in the engine.
0: Yeah, I don't understand why people have to get so angry about people using Blueprint. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, C++ will perform better, but like some people just so with binary yeah yeah <laughs> right
1: but like it's the next step isn't it we, we've yeah. gone from binary to compiled programming languages and we're now we're moving into visual
0: it's just i think it's just people like to get hung up on things like xbox versus playstation yeah in a day it's like someone prefers this better and this other one versus this one better yeah that's yeah. just their opinion but they both yeah. do the same thing. For instance, the visual one does the same thing. C++ you make a game, people play it, have fun, cool. Nobody's going to like check the full on performance
1: of the game and be like I'm not going to like your game because it's 1% slower than your game. Like Yeah, and, and that's only while <laughs> playing an editor. Once you compile the game down to package and it's compiled in C++, there's no difference. I, I think it's something like a, a 0.2% overhead. <laughs> and that's nothing in the, you know, in today's terms. I, I, why do you
0: think people are like that? Is it just yeah, so they I, can have something to latch onto? to?
1: I, I think it's a, I had to learn it. You should too. Exactly. Mm. That's what yeah. I think it boils down to. Which is a shame because it's stopping a lot of people from getting into it, I think. you yeah, know, because if you look up what's better, Blueprint versus Unreal, there's tons of videos. Yep. For really
0: no reason at all. Because they both will explain basically that it doesn't really matter. Just choose. It's one. a, what do you prefer? Yeah. What, what's your learning style? Mm-hmm. And so how did that process go learning in Blueprints? Again, just same thing: trial and error. Like if a student was like, hey, I don't get it. I'm having trouble.
1: Well, yes. So I would say uh, there's a motto of mine, which is just fail forwards. If, if you want to try something and you're not sure it's going to work, do it anyway. Just fail forwards uh, and keep failing until you get it right. Because the, the failures will still be lessons. Mm-hmm. they'll still be valuable in some of the, you know, in some of the implementation of something you're doing. And honestly, I, I think with blueprints and with just game engines in general, just failing forwards is the the best advice I could give anyone. Because a lot of people are so afraid to try things. They'll mm-hmm. sit there and meticulously plan like an inventory system, let's say. They've got, you know, a piece of paper out, jotting down how they're going to set up their arrays and stuff. And they go to test it and they're like, yeah, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And you, you spent all day planning it where you could have done like six quick prototypes buggered up four of them and then two of them show promise and you can maybe even use one for something different
0: yeah and no, that's so true i've done that too where i think like oh, i gotta plan it out i gotta think about it and yeah. then a day goes by two days and a week goes by because you get frustrated and procrastinate as yeah, well and it just never happens and then and then you, you feel like you took a week off of learning so now you're behind yes. and then you're your own worst enemy exactly so
1: how how can we prevent becoming
0: our own worst enemy
1: um that's, that's a good question. That's, uh, I think that's going to be one for the ages, that is. Yes. Stop being our own worst enemy. <laughs> yeah. um, or at least, well, how do you try to do that? So, I struggle with motivation a lot. Hmm. And the easiest way to do something like this is set yourself lots of little tasks. Um, hmm. I, I use Trello a, a lot. Uh, this was a, a complete game changer for me using Trello. Because you can take these things that seem like absolute mammoth tasks that you're trying to teach yourself and break them down into the fundamental blocks. And that's helped me a lot. It, it gives me a, oh, here's a 10 minute thing I can do. You, you know, set up uh, tags for the inventories. Oh, I can do that. Check it off. It's, you know, the dopamine, we've checked it off next one. Mm-hmm. And you'll find yourself very quickly just rapid firing through, through all the processes that you need to get done. Just, just break them down to the, the smallest form. I think that's the easiest way.
0: Now that makes it really easy because let's say it's just like code is one line oh i got it done okay let me get to the next one the next one feels better baby steps yeah it's called the small wins have those easy small wins exactly, exactly. and then you'll be that's like way. the early
1: levels in an mmo really yes yes it is actually <laughs> <It's> <laughs> very, very much just, like it
0: that's just one big mmo it is and so when did you start doing your youtube channel was that around the same time you were doing game day or was that later on
1: so that started very recently that started with the dream world thing mm. uh, so five and a half six months ago it's relatively new but it, it's it's snowballed uh out the gate pretty much i was not expecting it mm-hmm. so it's now actually my full-time job
0: see that's awesome yeah and so like it just came out of nowhere you did it and now so when did it get the point where it became a full-time job uh, people are going to hate me for this uh, less than a month after starting. So how how did you do that? What's yeah. the secret to the success? What's the five steps? No, I'm just kidding. But what Good. is the... To be honest, I, if, if
1: anyone wanted advice in this, just be really honest. Just be yourself. I know that sounds like the obvious advice, but a lot of people go clout chasing on, on YouTube. You know, They try to stir up controversy where, the, the, where where there isn't controversy. But if, if you see a lot of YouTubers making videos on a certain topic, like let, let's say dream world everyone's everyone's praising dream world mm-hmm. and your opinion differs just make sure you let people know that don't That's just true. don't don't be a sheep because uh, if if you are like you won't that. stand out from the other won't stand out from the others sounds like really simple and obvious advice but a, a lot a lot of people forget that they just keep thinking like oh we need clickbait we, we need this we need that yeah clickbait helps but it's not it's not the full recipe though
0: but it's also not you. I've seen a lot of people on YouTube, even like Jazza, one of the drawing YouTubers. Yes, I watch him. Yeah, talk about how he like felt that like he had to do it because of the algorithm, these things, and he didn't yeah. like who he was becoming, so he started to like move away from that. Yes, and that's I love that. To me, that's more important than continually to post that and just be like, "Well, one you know, in yourself." Yeah, he just he has to do it, but like he, you don't have to do really no. anything once you become that big. You can start setting up systems to make yourself move away from the what would you call that the
1: dark hole of youtube or it, it honestly it is a dark hole it really is because and i think this is what crushes a lot of uh, content creators dreams because nobody wants to clickbait that, that's the mm-hmm. the misconception and when you when you accidentally clickbait a, a video and you realize oh that did really well you've, mm. you've then got this like moral dilemma of i know i don't want to do that but it works
0: it's like a high you know it's yeah. gonna give
1: you those views it's gonna feel good it is money's gonna come in you need to find the balance though there's the right balance between clickbait and uh honesty emotional for manipulation that's what you need you, to yeah, yeah. For. <laughs> for yourself Mind sorry no yourself. emotional marketing <laughs> there that's you the go correct one.
0: there we go yeah manipulation just doesn't sound right no it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> then how do you maintain yourself from diving away from like who you are like maintaining who you like You are what you perceive yourself as, because I've seen like Call of Duty YouTubers say like they can't be, you know, anything else but BR because it's the only thing that brings them views. When they do want to try to do something else, but they're like, oh, I gotta do the Warzone video. Like, how do you maintain it? Like, I'm gonna do what I want to do regardless of how the viewers are gonna
1: take it. So, I think you need to find yourself a balance. So, I put out two videos a week, and I always try to make sure one video is something that I know my viewers really want to watch, and then if if that performs well early in the week, I'll be like. Screw it. I'll do some experimental. I'll do something I want to do mm-hmm. for the second video. And you can really test the water. If one video is doing well, you, the algorithm's not going to punish you too much. Mm. If you've got one video a week doing on par or better than your others, you'll, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It's consistency that matters, though. Uh, if you take a week off, uh, you'll see it in the algorithm the next week. Wow. You, you Even just, if you like, all your videos are good? Yep. Like really Even good. If like all your videos, like millions. Yeah. So I'd say my channel actually does very well for the subscriber count. So uh, my recent videos have been getting 180k to like 70k views. But for a subscriber count to 33k, I'd say that's doing pretty well. So I, even with that big boost, when I take a week off or take two days off, you notice it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like YouTube throws you aside. They're like, well, that's them done. Just pick yep, someone else done. fill their gap. we need yeah. the, we need someone to fill their you know the two day slot that they're missing hmm. and uh yeah the, the algorithm's brutal and relentless you are a slave to the algorithm unfortunately
0: isn't that a shame because you know most people probably make a YouTube channel to escape the job that they were in before because it was like they couldn't work when they wanted to it was stressful this and that and then they ended up kind of creating the same thing for themselves except the thing that they yeah. loved. so now they don't love it as much anymore
1: Absolutely. I think a lot of people struggle with that. I mean, I kind of knew this coming into it. So I'd I'd not set my hopes too high. I knew it was mm. going to be hard work, consistency, and uh, uh constantly being, you know, three turns ahead of the wheel. You need to be thinking way ahead. You don't just think like, oh, what's my next video gonna be? You know, as soon as you've just done one. You need to have like a roadmap of um Okay, what, what game's doing something absolutely ridiculous? Oh, Earth 2's selling pictures of JPEGs. Like, that, yeah, we'll set up a few videos for that. <laughs> what, oh, there's a new metaverse being built yet? Yeah, we'll cover that. Yeah, it's we're... just you need a constant flow of nonsense, which is currently in the game industry. There's plenty, so um, I'm not short on that. Yeah, and then I was actually curious. What were your thoughts on the metaverse? <laughs> I think it's eventually going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of the companies that are, you know, raising money from selling NFTs and that are going to be the ones to to build it. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook, I was, you know, I was actually quite happy recently that Facebook announced their metaverse. I know a lot of people laughed, and I, I don't like it. I don't like it in the sense that I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna be living in that metaverse. It's just that it puts shame to the other metaverses that have been raising millions for years and providing nothing. like earth two is an example yeah they've Mm -hmm. done a year of fundraising and they've got a website that doesn't even function as a website yeah that's it
0: my whole thing with it is just like even if they don't do it right it's like at least they have enough money and awareness that you can get it going in the forefront yeah yeah start
1: an ecosystem yeah Mm -hmm. they can fail forward they can fail forward there we go bringing (laughs) it back in. let's
0: go (laughs) i love that and then I also want to ask you about NFTs. I saw you did a video about it before. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on that and how that affects the game industry? And what do you think? So it's gonna my, go? my
1: thoughts on NFTs uh, as artwork, I'm fine with it. I've actually recently helped uh, create an AI to, uh, there's a project that a friend of mine's running called Artist Versus AI. And it's mm-hmm. basically, they do paintings and we feed it into an AI that is basically a photo, you know, a reprogrammed Photoshop. And it will do whatever it wants to it. And you, you end up with some- crazy stuff so I, I jumped at the chance to do that because i thought that, that's a that's an uh an nft project that i'm okay with it's just art there's no promises yeah. attached there's no metaverse there's not we're, we're going to send you to space when we sell all ten thousand or anything it's just <laughs> art i'm fine with that uh, as a as a purpose for nfts that's fine but for the gaming industry i think we are we're we're heading into uh something that's going to balloon then crash because People are attaching NFTs to games to say that they've attached an NFT to a game. Mm-hmm. If you look at any game that says, oh, we've got NFTs, and you look at what that adds to the game, other than an unnecessary complicated step, you'll probably find two games that actually benefit. Like, let's say Axie Infinity. Have you heard of that? No. What is it? So it's, you've got these like, animated axolotls that are tied and generated on the, the blockchain, and I personally haven't played it because it's like $200 to buy an, an Axie, the, the Axolotl. What? Yeah. Oh, trust me. These, these NFT games are like exorbitant amounts of money to get into. Why? But, but, it, but for all intents and purposes, it is a game. You can play and you can breed them and th- there is a gameplay loop there. But for other games like Earth 2, as I know that's quite a, a well-known one that people can relate yeah. to, You're paying for a satellite image of your hometown and you don't own it. You can't do anything with it. You're basically just giving money to a company with promises of Ready Player One three years down the line. And and they can't even store a string on their server without it getting overwritten. It's just nothing works. So I'm curious, do you think,
0: even though it might not be good now, do you think it's like kind of, needed
1: to get to a place where it will be good at one point I, th- I think it will benefit from the gaming industry will benefit from the blockchain before it benefits from nfts i think oh that's 100 percent. yeah the, the, the technology behind blockchain is fantastic and if we can nail getting gas fees down and i'm a big you know i'm a big crypto lover mm-hmm. uh you know i've invested in some stuff myself not massively but i, I believe in it
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think there are flaws that need to be overcome the electricity usage is Ridiculous that that needs to be sorted, and hopefully this proof of stake that you know that Ethereum and others are moving to will remedy most of that. For the most part, mm-hmm. uh, and I I think when that's sorted, we can then see game more games adopt it in a way that makes sense. I think yeah. when we get the well, I call it the bus speed. Uh, you know, each um, block time, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. When we get that down to be less than seconds. We can start looking at more real-time games running on blockchain servers. Yeah. But no, currently block times are, you know, what, between 30 seconds to a minute. You can only really it's do turn ter- turn-based. Yeah, turn-based Actually, games hmm. where you log in, click some at log out. That, that's fine. But that's not the sort of the sort of games that we're after. You know, we're looking for we're looking for Halo Infinite running on blockchain servers where no one's yeah. got authority over each other and no one can, you know, lag switch each other. It'd just be
0: that's I think be that's, that's where it's going to be big. Yeah. I don't know. I can't wait for that. Because then you can stop all the hackers and
1: people yeah. messing around with the game. Decentralized oh game servers could be massive. I didn't think of that. I thought if everything maybe, else... Maybe be millions game. of players at the same time.
0: Yeah. Maybe the last game... Dreamworld
1: Dream might have a trick up their sleeve. They might have the next big blockchain that's, that's got block speeds of like milliseconds. I, I think that could be it. They'll be, la- they'll be the last one laughing. Mm-hmm. Now before we even dive deeper, I want
0: to ask a quick question because it always comes yeah. up. Do you think there is a reason for any other cryptos than Bitcoin? Like, do you know that question it was like, "Oh, Bitcoin's the one and only." Like, what side
1: are you on, and like, why? I believe that there are a lot of uses for a lot of different coins. Um, yeah, but I don't believe in the. These, these crappy coins that are popping up, you know, daily, like Squid Game Token. That, oh, that you know, was the just, worst just thing ran ever. off, by the way. Oh, yeah, just the- ran off with 2.2 million. It lost the game.
0: That's basically <laughs> happening. And everyone yeah. who lost the game. I can't believe it. They put so much money into the Squid Game coin and then zero in, in what, minutes, seconds?
1: Yeah. It's it's insane. But no, I, I'm an advocate of uh, new coins coming out. I mean, I just think it's just better versions of, I guess, say, Bitcoin. But I think right, you're right. Forward. Yeah.
0: yeah, fail forward. There's some coins, is just garbage. It's like pets.com that failed when the internet came out. Just yeah. things aren't going to work out. But these no. coins all together will
1: help build a better ecosystem, the third internet. Yeah, it's, com- competition's always good. That yeah. goes for you know mobile phones, uh, different battle royales and stuff. It, if they're having to one-up each other and constantly do better than the other, that's perfect. That, that benefits the consumer and no one else. Mm-hmm. So when we eventually get a crypto that's fast, reliable, unhackable, um, low gas fees, proof of stake instead of proof of work. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these coins that came before them will have been worth it,
0: mm.
1: in my opinion. <laughs> right, I agree.
0: Do you think they will ever be a Ready Player One in the next, like, 10 years?
1: Oh, that's a that's a tough one. I don't think... Definitely not in the capacity of, uh, you know, how it is in the film. i yeah. love for it. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely love for that. But I think... Hardware is a long way off. We're, mm-hmm. I think we're at least 10 years off with hardware. Um, it's only when you start developing for Oculus Rift, for example. Like, I, I've got the Oculus Rift S and I've developed for that, just testing, you know, passion projects. And you don't realize the optimization that goes into level design. It, like, mm. Half Life Alex is just a bag of tricks to, to get any of that stuff really to good. work. It does. It. Oh, God, yeah. It's my favorite VR game. It is the it first actually one I feel like a game? Because I know some VR games they feel yes. like it's just like so. Transporting this is yourself. I got spoiled with this. I bought it and got it free, oh. um, from a friend. They were just yeah. like, I bought it and I bought a headset that's not compatible. Just you have it. I was like, okay, that's fine. And I played that. And I was like, oh, if this is what VR is, I am spoiled. Like you picking up guns, you know, flipping mags and just catching them in the guys, oh. oh, so cool. And the, everything you think of, you're like, no, they've not thought of this. You won't, you won't be able to do this. And yep, sure enough, you can. And then I went and played literally every other game, and I was like, "Yeah, these aren't games. <laughs> there's no narrative. The story's half baked to fit into an experience in most games.
0: It's a shame. It's because like there's so much potential there. Oh you yeah, can see it. It's just it's not easy. It's something new, and then the money. It it's a niche type of uh, product. So not everybody. That's
1: that's the big one. Yeah. Uh, Valve didn't make their money off Half Life Alex. They made their money. The headset, because they packaged it with it, as, a, as you know mm-hmm. as bundles and stuff, and they were like, "Oh, th- this headset is certified to be you know perfect for this game," and people bought it, and I can't, I can't blame them. But they, I think they turned a loss on the actual development costs. Don't quote me on that, but I, I think it was pretty much uh, you know break even on it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why other studios aren't doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sense. we have a big issue right now that there aren't that many good VR games.
1: No, so people aren't buying headsets. So people aren't making games. What comes first, chicken or the egg? Yeah, yeah. it's exactly that. Um, and I think Facebook might be able to remedy this with, with their you know, idea of the metaverse because it's going to force people to create something for their own profit without having to sell it. You know, it's, it's going to be in the metaverse, like uh, content creation of NFT clothing and stuff. They're, they're creating things that can be used as almost like a dev kit for their immediate profit, you know, their return on that thing they've done. And I, I think this might give a lot more people reasons to get a, to get a headset. Like, you, you can play the everything game. Just, just jump in here and do whatever you want. I think the Metaverse idea has a place and will definitely help push VR, especially if it's cross-compatible with PC. And I think that's the big one. More games need to be cross-compatible with desktop um, and other consoles. So, because if people get in there and see other people running around in like VR headsets doing crazy things, they'll be like, okay, I need to get in on this. Mm-hmm. and uh, i know a lot of people that did that with vr chat that was the the gateway drug yeah no yeah <laughs> if you can get a headset that's
0: like small doesn't make is isn't too clunky not too many wires yeah. and you just put that with everyone and then get it make it easy have it on consoles on pcs and everything people will definitely jump on it and make it affordable it's Absolutely. just right now it's just so like obnoxious like i have the psvr and it's just it's a hassle to even like bring it anywhere that hurts your try. neck yeah, it hurts my neck. Like, it's
1: just, there's so much weight on the front. And I thought the uh, Rift S was heavy, but no, the, the uh, PS VR is so chunky. Yeah. And it's... the weight's not up against your face, it's out there. They've, they've moved the weight away from your face, making it worse because you just feel like a giraffe leaning forward. It,
0: yeah. And then it actually pulls it down. So it's never really aligned. Yeah.
1: And it's, you
0: it can't a mess. tighten it
1: properly. Yeah. It's,
0: but yeah, I think the next
1: version will be, next version will be amazing, like comfort wise. Oh, yeah. It looks like they're really
0: going to try to, Make it good. They're going to have the hands, yeah. like phones in the... or like on. The yes. Like they've done
1: with the, the Rift S. I'll like, yeah, yeah. tell you what, that's one of the best things. That's, what, that's been one of the best things for me, just forgetting about them because they don't fire directly into your ears. Like, they're not... Um, in fact, I don't think they've even got, like, the earphones anymore that fold down On mine, it's just little, you know, little the, the ear hole things that point yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, the sound quality from those are amazing. You, you forget that your ears aren't covered. Mm-hmm. You'll have someone Which just call your better. name... Yeah, exactly. You'll have someone just call your name and you're like, whoa, forgot you were there. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like, oh, whoa,
0: I'm, yeah. I'm bad. It does get crazy when you're in the VR, and so you forget that you're even in, like, the real world,
1: I would say. You're so s- immersed. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've definitely, I have broken my little finger by punching a bookcase. No um, way. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually Half-Life, Alex. Uh, a headcrab jumped jumps to me, and I, instead of, I don't know what I went to do, I think I just went to punch it instead of shoot it with a gun, and I, I just wailed this bookcase. <laughs> it's Brilliant. We were brain tricked I didn't even you. come out of here. I just carried on. i got them all around me. I'm just there. You I'm were like battle Kimbo. scars.
0: No big yeah, deal. Yeah, exactly. And
1: I come out of it, I'm like, oh, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: That's great. And so now I want to get into the game you're working on. So when did yeah. you start making that?
1: This started as a idea a long time ago. Um, it was never re- originally called Nightmare World. The name came around as a bit of a bit of a meme after the dream world incident. Because uh we got to this point where I was criticised in Dreamworld, and somebody said to me, "If you can do better, why don't you?" Wow! And you literally were like, "Yep." Yeah, and I was like, "You know what? I've been planning on doing something for a long time, and it incorporates building, which they have, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of other systems they do." And I was like, "Okay, we're going to start with those, and just just to shut people up." And I'd got a big team of friends that I'd gathered around, you know, pick the best of them, and then we more people after they heard about it. We, we actually had 680 applications in 24 hours. What? For a free for work project. And this was because you had a YouTube
0: channel and you decided to announce it or people just heard about the project?
1: It started getting shared around. It was all over Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube channels covered it. And it very quickly got overwhelming. But we ended up with a solid team of people from wow. all, all backgrounds. Yeah. Like ex, ex-Disney, um, you know, workers from Disney um we've even got an ex-blizzard artist that that does some of our concept stuff yeah that's awesome that was that was you know pre-bad blizzard (laughs) yeah yeah so it's yeah we want to get into that
0: yeah so okay so so this is all your idea right like it was was first just you and then you so you built the team so what was that process like you just found your friends and said oh "You're you're good at this let's make a game
1: yeah, so I'd I'd got two close friends that I could really rely on that were just good at organisation, um, Blender, and you know some other things. They, like they wanted to get used to the material workflow in Unreal, and they'd been practicing. And I was like, okay, I know that these guys have the drive to you know to keep learning, and I know people that I can pair them up with to to help them learn that even quicker. And we went through these applicants, and we we went through about hundred of them uh, out out of the six hundred and because some, some weren't worth you know interviewing over others. And we found some really solid people that were just passionate about it. They were like, I want to be part of making an indie MMO that doesn't fail. And that, to just show that you don't need to run off to Kickstarter immediately with nothing but an idea and, you know, your mom's purse. You, you, <laughs> need, you need your mom's some, purse. <laughs> yeah, you need something tangible to show people. Because um, this was mainly just a, a, bit, a bit of a middle finger to the Kickstarter scams because we're just... We'd seen about eight or nine massive ones back to back to back, and we were watching the same people fall for them as well. This was the amazing part. We, we followed these like three people who had gone through at least two of these scams, like so buying they just keep into them, scammed, just throwing money at anything because they, the they're I unwilling never... to look into it. They don't do the, you know, uh, like a slice of research on it, which baffles me. Yeah, before I buy
0: anything, I'm like, does this seem legit do i even want to pay money for it the
1: sad bit is they're not well-off people it's not like you know that these rich rich tycoons just throwing pay packets at anything in hopes to get something good yeah these are people that aren't They're minimum wage they're not well-off they're from a you know a not so well-off background and it's just like you should be knowing anyone should be doing their research but you specifically like the first time should have stung you Mm-hmm. You, that should have been a, a you know a, a red light for the rest of them just i need to look into these but no they're just keep doing it and they're, they're adamant that they're not scams as well that's the the sad part it's, yeah yeah it's, you, it's wild
0: do you think some of these scams were like kind of an accident they were yes. they had an idea so okay so how would a someone who's making their own game kickstarter how could it prevent themselves from doing an accidental scam that's a
1: that's a really tough one, actually, because I guess I would say a lot of people think I have a hatred for asset store stuff. And here's my reason why. I don't mind AAA games and, you know, other, other well-known game studios using assets. I know they can, they can make their own stuff. But if I see a Kickstarter that is all assets, I, I just think to myself, so if you want to add something unique, you can't. Because there's not an asset pack for it, and I think you need to be able to provide proof to people of something that you've done to, to show that you are capable of doing it yourself, but you're using assets to you know expedite the process. For example, if you, I actually spoke to some people that were starting a Kickstarter that I don't think was intended to be a scam, but it screamed scam. Everyone's reporting that it was called Project Steel. Project Steel, um, yeah. Don't know if it's even around anymore. Um, I know it's not being worked on, but there should at least be proof of the Kickstarter, I think. Now, they'd shown just assets that were put into, like, the matinee cinematics. And it was just bundled together. And for anyone who doesn't know, Game Dev looked great. But they were promising a, an MMO. And I said to them, I was like, have you done any networking? And they're like, oh, we've used Mirror before. Mirror. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, that's peer-to-peer. That's not what you can't use that and they were like yeah we know we are going to have to learn networking i was like so you don't know how to network and they were like no it was it was faked multiplayer on the on the trailer it was just you know ai in a in a single player they faked thing the fake a multiplayer yeah because they didn't have it they, they couldn't do it so i so thought i get will show what MMO. we want. because they, so what did they make? I've, wow. I've spoken to a lot of people about this everyone who seems to do this seems to it seems to be like california silicon valley right and there seems to be this mentality of if i if i build it they will come but they they, they miss out that if i build it part it's just if i think it they will come
0: <laughs> and I think unfortunately show it
1: they will come because they think it's really halfway done yeah and unfortunately that works somehow yeah it's a it, there's a very big fake it till you make it mentality but they're unable to make it that's the thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: they, they just never really get to the point where they tell themselves oh i can't do this
0: which is weird to me i don't you think it's just like the current like environment climate
1: since like covid happened that people just feel like desperate to to do anything they can to make money a lot of these people when i speak to them they've just come out of college Mm. or university and it's like okay so you've got debt Mm. and you know the amounts that they're trying to raise are sometimes very conveniently uh you know the amount oh, of the I, need, I need I need 50k and I'm like I'm sure you do <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna make world of warcraft 3.0 with 50k okay sure oh and you goodness. you never see them again after that weirdly enough yeah
0: I, Ricardo I never thought our don't make wow would actually be like trying to help people not get scammed
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> like seriously I, I didn't realize so many people are trying to make world of warcraft we've literally been joking about this for a year mm-hmm. but yeah because because if you think about it just from a learning point it's really hard to even do that but then to, to try to learn it while having people's money come in saying that you have a promise that
1: you're going to give this yeah gift. yeah take the money before you even try to learn it it's, like, it's wild yeah i oh, mean look. look at new world right now like oh, don't stand me on that oh let's get into it <laughs> oh lord i've got <laughs> I I was a video that great. went out uh 10 minutes ago about new world uh, and the, the state it's in it's abysmal. I, I don't know if you saw this, but me and Josh Stryfe-Hayes kind of made the rounds in news because of it. Because we exposed all these HTML uh, injection bugs and stuff. And, and it's we, an Amazon studio, right? Yeah. And it's, so... it's a mess. And then we report It's funny because we're basically QA testing their game and getting bugs patched on the fly. So th- there's all these rumors. Oh, there's these HTML injection bugs. And these, these rumors have been going around for about a month. And Amazon keeps going, no, they don't exist. And I'm, like, I'm seeing them in chat. So, me and Josh go and make a video showing off that it's possible to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, people figured out from our description how to do it. Uh, about 16 hours later, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, oh, we fixed it. And what Amazon had done is... So, it's done by manipulating A tags in the, the chat box. And the people were resizing images with putting size equals 99999, right? So, you get this mm-hmm. massive image that fills the screen. So, what was Amazon's fix to this? They... They've put an exclusion for the string. If the string contains size equals, don't let people send it. That sounds great, except there's alias. There's a lot of aliases for the that tag, so you can put scale equals 9999, yeah. and it still works. And they're sat there absolutely dumbfounded as to why this hasn't fixed it. And then they we report on this uh, money dupe where you can dupe money, you know, like Pokemon style, by unplugging your Ethernet while trading someone. No way. Dead serious. It's, it's client-side authority for trading.
0: How do they let that go?
1: I don't know. I mean, but they, they put out an article that you've probably seen uh, just trying to uh, throw shade at me, Josh, and all the other people reporting on this, saying uh, influencers are trying to say that our, servers cl- uh, that our game's client-authoritative. And we're like, we never spe- you know, specifically said that, but you're, you're deterring from the fact that it is. And then the next day, this happens, and they're like, crap. um, Let's pretend we never said that. And it's just all trying to save face while cocking things up. And icing on the cake, they disabled player wealth transfer because they found out about this dupe after we made a video on it. And in doing that, they created a dupe that was 10 times easier and, like, 20 times as accessible, which is literally... You could click to upgrade your buildings uh, mm. in your company, pay 500K to do that. That's a lot of money, 500K gold. You don't and game, Because okay. they've Yeah, and because they've disabled wealth transfer from players, you don't get taxed. You, it doesn't take the money, but it starts building. However, when you press cancel upgrade, it gives you the 500K back that it never took from you. So people were sitting there going, build, cancel, build, cancel. And Amazon was like, no, stop doing that. <laughs> And people are like, you've, just, you've, you've implemented this by, by not taking the surface down, by trying to hot-fix things that need a cold fix. But their back-end for that is just spaghetti. I, yeah, that's just a disaster. And they're, they're, it's,
0: I'm seeing from this article saying that this broad, the exploit was fixed in World of Warcraft in 2004, yeah. and they just didn't put it in using a standardized it, method. It's, call code. Been,
1: it's been in literally every MMO. Every MMO yeah. fall, you know, falls over the same hurdle. And the big ones have caught on and been being like, right, okay, we'll sanitize all text, cancel any HTML that we haven't put there, that we haven't allowed. But Amazon's just, they've dropped, I said they're like a bull in a China shop. You know, they're mm-hmm. fixing one exploit and 11 others drop up. And that's not an exaggeration. They fixed the uh, trading disconnect book the other day. And now uh, AOEs don't hurt you or heal you unless you move in them. If you stand still in them, you're fine uh ground cast moves just don't hurt anyone Did, uh, what? like at all literally everything's broken uh, staff of life does triple the healing it's intended because you can wield two staffs of life and swap and it resets the cooldown so you can just be there just launching heals at everyone what else is that uh, just every ability and perk is just broken fundamentally you, you can get out of arenas. You know the uh, war zone rushes where you're in your forts and then the gates come down and you can run ahead. Yes. For the last three weeks, you can just climb up the stairs, jump over the gate and get to the capture point before the countdown. And th- they somehow can't fix that. They added a wall above it to stop you jumping over the gate, but they moved it too high up so you could walk under it next. And it's like no one's testing the things they're putting in. They're just throwing things at the wall. And it's like, it's like pin the tail on the donkey at this point. Yeah it's a triple A.
0: it's like you have tons of money why why is yeah. this going done i had an unlimited
1: budget they've yeah. bragged about it non-stop we have an unlimited budget we'll oh this is comedy. what they put out yeah.
0: yeah wow and then i also wanted to get into that video talking about future of it kind of aligns with this but you're saying future gaming scams is here that video and you're yes. showing up on real five i don't really get to watch the whole thing but like were you basically talking about how they have like the Meta creator and then a yeah a Quixel scans so, so they basically yeah. can just throw assets Mega in and it all looks
1: con- is it Mega assemblies um Quixel Mega scans yeah. uh, Meta human we we got my there's a video I never released actually and I, I wish I had got more time to edit it but other things pulled me away from that but what I did is I got my brother who has never set foot in a game engine yeah and I I made him watch the first ten episodes of you know the five minute tutorials by Unreal Engine. And I then said to him, I was like, okay, here are some tools for you. Create something that looks cinematic. And by just using meta-human, um, Quixel, and all that. You'd you'd look at that as a game trailer and you'd be like, damn, I want that. He doesn't know what he's doing.
0: Yeah. No, I've like seen him before. Kid with crayons. Like, I'll post something I'd like downloaded and put it together in like five minutes and be like, Wow, you did that? I'm like, you don't understand, it's just really nothing. This is this is. <laughs> Just putting stuff together
1: that people have made. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Unreal Engine is a blessing and a curse. Uh, Unreal Engine 5, more so. Nanite means that you don't even have to think about poly count. Yeah. You can make a 60 FPS trailer that is just janked together. You know, you've you've taped some rocks to a, a flagpole or something in the background. And it, it works. It just works. You know what that means.
0: <laughs> more Kickstarters with
1: way better trailers, but nothing behind it. Exactly. And this is what, and that was exactly the uh, uh, kind of narrative I was pushing with that video that if you think Kickstarter scams are bad now and misleading and like indistinguishable from actual games, just you wait because it, mm-hmm. it's about to get a whole lot worse.
0: And so what can we do to like prevent this? Like, is there a way to make sure aspiring game devs like actually focus on creativity and doing something that's meaningful instead of trying to just put together something for buck? Or is that just part of human nature?
1: That's part of human nature, isn't it? And I I think you need to look more into the, and this is sad that I have to say this, but I think now you need to start looking more into the background of the person who is publishing this. Have they done anything credible before? Can you even find anything about them? And unfortunately this hurts the little devs. Yeah. The nobody who are trying to be somebody's, exactly, gives them a bad name. It will just be, you're a nobody. Which I hate. I really do. No, it's Because then there's no chance of success. Yeah, there's no innovation, no success. Yeah. Um, it's just a one-way road at that point. Like, for instance,
0: because of dream about all the money, it's kind of like, I should do that. That's what the money is.
1: Yeah, it's, Exactly, and you... This is kind of something we've joked about um with making our game. We're like, you know what we should do? We should just make a metaverse. We get the money in a, in like three days, you know. Just sell off um NFTs of a picture of the floor or something and <laughs> raise literally millions.
0: It still baffles me that some things just go from like a $1 dollar to a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, what is it? Oh, it's just a floor. It's just or the yeah. pet rock. Doesn't the pet rock sell
1: for like of dollars?
0: Yeah. I'm
1: like, what Why? my favorite recent one is uh have you seen star Atlas? Um, no is that the... this this one blew my mind someone I, I looked into this on stream when I'd had a few to drink no, it's not the same one I had. and I, yeah. I had to check the next day that I'd actually looked at what I looked at
0: oh because you were, you were just like, wait a minute, I kept right I was
1: like, no, I was definitely hammered um <laughs> but no, it's basically they said we are making an interstellar." metaverse simulator where no my god what was it solar system galaxy simulator basically things star citizen but with nfts that's all i can describe it as but bigger what and here's the thing the guy is still in college he doesn't leave for another year and he won't start work on it until he leaves
0: and he's raised
1: we don't know an actual figure but i'll tell you this so, this should give you an understanding. There are their imperial ships that you can buy an NFT of, right? Oh, by the way, yeah. they haven't modeled them yet. They don't hmm, exist. They don't. Okay. So, you can already and buy can, them though. 85K each. And, who, and who, they who sold a 100 of them. He's raised over a million at least. And then there's lower tier ships that they've sold out of like 10,000. Uh, it's mad. He's raised millions and there's no progress with it. And actually, this really confused me because the other day, a blue Drake—you know—I'm I'm sure you know who a blue Drake is, don't you? Blue Drake, actually, no. He's a—he's a game dev YouTuber. He looks into new technologies and stuff like that. He made a video that blew my mind. He was like, "This is the coolest game that's up, up and coming," and it's a video about Star Atlas. And I'm like, "Hold up a minute, let me let me go back and look at this." He's—he's he's normally a very critical person. Yeah. And I was looking looking at this video, and I'm like. Dude, like, there is no game there's nothing there yeah you're like what are you talking about man they've got a really nice website but the the guy's in university for web design so of course he's gonna have a gorgeous website yeah. i mean i get it because i get hyped too about things and now and, i'm man, a little more skeptical but you need even... to reel yourself back in and just be like callum calm down
0: yeah it's like is okay, it hold on what's the truth behind this game because now that i like make games and try to learn like learn all about that stuff i'm like yeah no this is not easy so, yeah, that right there seems almost impossible. So, what has got to be something else going on? Maybe they've been working for 10 years and there's re- like it's reasonable, but no, yes. Yeah. So, how do people spend eight thousand dollars on the capital ship? Are these
1: people like plan to be generals in their life? Like, how do they have this money? So, so what is going on here? I, I think this is one of the biggest issues with NFT games right now. People don't give two hoots what the game is, what it's going to be. They are seeing a monetary investment and like FOMO, fear of missing out. There are, you know, there are a hundred of these ships. In fact, I think the the big eighty five k one was like there's ten, and everyone's like, "Damn, uh, I better buy it." And th- they see resale value because you know all ten are sold now. No one's going to sell it for less than eighty five k, are they? You can only I'm, make money on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a loss then. If nobody but basically they're they're hoping people will
1: spend more than eighty five thousand dollars. That is exactly it. And the NFT like game segment right now is speculating on hoping someone will see the thing that you've bought has more value than you did. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's investments. That's all it is. If you ask a lot of them, they don't care what the game is. They're just like, bro, I'm just I'm buying the NFTs. Like that's it. I don't care what the game is. Yeah. When when the game comes out, if it ever does, people will buy these off me for more than I paid. But like, what if it never comes out? Well, then they'll like, hopefully guess, get prior knowledge and sell it off for the same price they bought it. That's their kind of... And I mean, they'll they, easily be able to.
0: Are they hoping that one day, because it's an NFT, you can
1: just move it to different games? Are they just hoping it just never dies? Yeah, that, that's that's another thing. That, that's what they're hoping for. But that boggles my mind that people don't understand this. Unless another game has programmed your asset in, how is that benefiting you in another game? It's not. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, you are land in Earth yes. 2. They're like, you can own that land in any game. Yes, if they add it in. But right. here, here's the thing, right? You know the 85k ship? Let's say I'm making an NFT game. I could program it so that they're allowed to use their 85k ship from, um, you know, Star Atlas. Or I could sell my own 85k ship. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to do? What do you think other game devs are going to do? Yeah, Closed walls, you know, walled-off gardens. Like, it just seems cool because you think about Ready Player One, it's
0: like, oh, they buy this, and you can use all the all different worlds. But it's like that's one game in itself with multiple mm-hmm. levels. Yes. So it's like, I don't know what you guys...
1: Like, it's a cool concept when you tell someone that, hey, you can just this yeah. another game, and you're like, wow.
0: But if cool. you don't understand...
1: Here's the thing. What needs to happen for this this NFT game-sharing thing? Someone needs to make an API for structuring data for NFTs. Mm-hmm. And for structuring the decentralized storage of models and assets, because that's fundamentally where this falls through. If if i if we've made an API for this, and you know, you make a game and, and I make a game, and the, the things were made using the API for it, well, you can chuck it into either of them, it'll just work. Yeah. But th- that Man. doesn't exist. It doesn't.
0: It and it won't for a while.
1: No, and yeah, here's the thing: when forever. it does exist. Every metaverse is going to make their own API that is incompatible with the other's API because they want to own the API. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be... It's going to be an arms race where nobody fights. So
0: it's hard because it's like, do we need NFTs at some point for games or
1: no? I am not opposed to them. When I... Like when I said, these uh, when these blockchain issues and bottlenecks get resolved, yeah. I, I think we... There will be a place for it. But it also does introduce an inherent pay-to-win to literally every game. And there's, there's no way around that.
0: Yeah, because you could just have the $85,000 spaceship <laughs> in any game. Imagine
1: playing Fortnite. You just drop that in and you just blow everyone up. And that's it. Then each game will try and make... Um, let's say you've got that, that 85K ship and it, it does 100 damage or something. Well, if I'm using the same API, I'll, I'll make an 85K ship and it does 120 damage. And then you'll just, it's just going to be, a, a you know... a a little fight between them just seeing who can one up each other and be like, no, come to my metaverse. <laughs> it's just, I just don't, I don't see it work. And it's not going to be this all inclusive thing that people think it's going to be quite the opposite.
0: Yeah. Wow. And so then let's go back to your game. How is mm-hmm. you, your game going to be different from all the other MMOs? It's just so, patience, time, transparency. Yeah.
1: So we're, we're doing the the whole fun first, like follow the fun, mm-hmm. which is, very important in games, uh, especially nowadays wh- when it's just everything's cookie cutter, you know, safe options. We're, g- we're going to make a battle royale, you know, we can't go wrong with that. It's doing well. Mm-hmm. But w- we're testing, uh, you know, testing out the water with lots of different things. So, for example, we've uh, been heavily working on a modular smithing system for our smithing skill where uh, I don't know if you've seen this uh, in, in our devlogs, but you've got a blade, uh, for, let's say for swords, you've got a blade tip six blade segments mm-hmm. uh, the the hilt the handle the pommel and uh, you know everything in between and you can pick different uh, forged patterns for each of those bits oh that's really cool and each single pattern has different stats so let's say you've got one that's got spike uh, a blade segment that's got spikes on either side that will do more bleed damage like plus two to bleed mm. but it might have a slower swing speed and it combines all the stats of that sword into this condensed thing so it truly gives players that create your weapon with some limitations. You know, the limitations are still there. The, the boundaries are set. Yeah. But you can make it out of different metals, so lighter weight metals. Uh, and it's not just going to be tier one, tier two, tier three. It's really a sandbox, but with the boundaries that need to be there. Yeah. And we're, we're trying to carry that system throughout everything, like leatherworking, um, arrow crafting, fletching, rather, uh, all, all that sort of stuff, spell crafting. We have actually got a spell crafting system that is so unique that, for an MMO anyway, that I think mm-hmm. when we show it off, it's... Uh, this might be the first anyone's hearing of it, actually. I don't think I've, uh, I don't think I've spoke about this outside of oh, like okay, voice yeah. chats in Discord. So mm-hmm. an exclusive. So <laughs> we are recreating blueprints inside blueprints. Now, these blueprint nodes are things like damage, fire water and you can plug them into each other yeah in a, on a spell table mm-hmm. and you've got let's say you've got 30 points and you can put a damage node down you can put a big one a big damage node down for six points or a small one for or you know and a really small one for two and you you basically use these points to build any spell you can put like a chain module in there so after it hits the first person it will chain to the next person and oh, this wow. has gone through a lot of testing mm-hmm. and it's going to need a lot of balancing mostly on the on the node level yeah but um we had a few people play with it and it's very intuitive it's i i think it's going it to be one of those things that incredible. day one people look yeah. in they're just like whoa i didn't know i wanted this mm-hmm.
0: now see that's right there you spend so much time on just one part of the game and there's still so much left to do
1: yeah absolutely lots more to do we, we're just trying to make a world uh mostly a world that feels alive and not static so um the devlog that's coming out friday i won't go too much into it but it's going to be showing off our new weather system Ooh! and we're doing good. it un- good yeah unlike any any other game any other mmo we've seen we've seen things done similar in single player but uh we've, we've even got uh, a cumulative snow uh that builds up on items where it should as, as the snow falls, uh, snowfall direction changed by wind and wind speed. Um, and it's a physically based weather system. So you've got precipitation percentage, uh, temperature, wind direction, and wind speed, which is basically you know, the, the metrics you measure, measure real world weather with. You know If temperature's above a certain amount with upward wind, or sorry, if temperature's below a certain amount with a slight upward draft, you get storms, you get hail, uh, and, and that works.
0: It's crazy. You just took, yeah. like, you became a meteorologist for a day and use all trust that. Trust to... me,
1: I literally did. I, I was looking at how weather stations work for about 48 hours and I was saying to the other developers, like, I think I'm going mad. But then I, I showed it off to them and it was, it was quite clear that the, the work and the, you know, time put into it was well worth it because the artists were just like, right, that looks naff. Give it us and we'll give, we'll give it you back tomorrow. And then, you know, it looks amazing now. And uh, it's, it's really come together well. That's awesome. I'm happy to hear that. And I also want to ask one thing
0: before we start wrapping it up. What advice yeah. would you give to people who are like trying to do what you're doing? Like what if what are some things you've came in contact with that were like struggles? And how'd you get over that? Like, what has right. the whole
1: process been like you're learning? My yeah. my main advice would be don't be afraid to put your work out there to be ridiculed. Because any sort of ridicule you get for your work, you know, as big or as small as it is, uh it will shape the way you go forward. I was very nervous to put out my first games. Uh, I'd I'd made a game way, way back called uh, Little Eden, and it was a butterfly breeding simulator with like three billion combinations of of butterflies. And that that game doesn't exist anymore because it was such a long time ago. But I was so scared of putting it out there because I was like, oh, there's this one thing that I think people are going to hate. And I found out it was the one thing people loved. Isn't that wild to think? Yeah, I think like, think like I was the worried about the, the, the element of randomness. Like you can't work towards a certain type of butterfly wing shape or pattern and stuff, and people are going to get angry. And it turned out they just loved it. Just cycling through breeding and being like, wow, I've got this thing that I've never seen before. And uh, there was like a global leaderboards where it would check off first person to get this, you know. They, they managed to get this first and put their name in the, in the index as kind of like a little stamp in history. And that's something I thought they'd hate. Looking back at it now, I don't know why I was worried about it because it's actually a really cool feature. I guess it's just you, weren't, you didn't know. It was the unknown. Yeah, so you were exactly. What was happen. Uh, the famous quote, you don't know what you don't know. So, but Put your stuff out just there. Put it
0: out there. See what happens.
1: Put it out there. If, if people rip into you about it, you know what's changed for next time. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just, just, keep failing forward. That's my, my final, my final bit of advice. Yes. And so we'd like to end it off by
0: asking you to do a little challenge for the listeners to do right after the podcast. It could be okay. Anything programming related, doing anything that prevents scams, whatever you want a challenge to be. Ooh. So what would be your challenge? My challenge? Is, is it got to be something that, for them to actually do? Yeah, but it doesn't have to be like be technical. It could be like a little mind okay. thing. It could just something for them to, you know, get their brains okay.
1: working. Do this go go through kickstarter through whether it be mmos or rpgs and i challenge you to find a game that on the surface looks to be harmless and legit and then ask yourself it you know is this really what i initially thought it was because th- this will change your opinion on get on you know indie game dev a, a whole lot it will really open your eyes to just how easy a lot of things have been thrown together and it will give you confidence to to go forward and do things i think that's a great challenge
0: because i I didn't even know that really until i saw your channel i was like well there's more kickstarter scams than i thought and they have tons of money behind them oh yeah for no reason so yeah so this has been great now i really appreciate you coming on caleb no thank you thank you for having me and uh, i'd like to just hand the mic to you at the end to do the last minute shout outs if you want to you know talk about your game or your youtube channel that's in the quotes. Whatever you want to end it off with, I'll, the mic's all yours. Yeah. I'll say one last time, thanks for coming on.
1: No problem. Okay, so uh, if you're interested in the Nightmare World game and following its development, the next dev is coming out on my channel, Callum Upton, on Friday. And uh, if you're looking for a small indie community that's supportive and, you know, will take time out of their day to help you, uh, my Discord is discord.gg slash all one word. And uh, there's a lot of people in there that will... Genuinely take time out of the day to help you game.
0: Well that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all courses at gamedev.tv or in a show notes at a discounted kind of price. Get started with your game development journey today.